Welcome to episode 65 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. On today's episode, Casey has some good news from Indonesia, while I share about an animal that's making Georgia a little more spooky. We learn about two new awesome Asian animals as our picks this week. And of course, learn about our super cool animal of the week. So without further delay, episode 65 of the Animal Addicts podcast starts right now. to episode 65 of the Animal Addicts podcast, our first week in Asia. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And the other co-host, Casey. What? <laughs> Try that again? What? What did you just I'm say? I'm switching it up. You're trying to change it every time. First you were like, and I'm Casey, <laughs> and then you're back to, and Casey, and now it's, and I'm the other host, Casey? Yeah, oh, I have to keep you on your toes. I guess. Anyway, I'm thrown. Um, <laughs> today we're going to talk about a whole new batch of cool animals. But before we get into that, Casey, what have you been up to since last I saw you? Not really up to anything, but planning on being up to something. Uh, that makes sense. I feel that. Like, in my soul, I feel that. Yeah, because, like, I've been wanting to do this for a while because I been telling myself I would do it, but I want to upgrade my ball pythons tank. Uh, my plan is to be a four foot by two foot by two foot enclosure. Mm-hmm. And I want it to be made out of PVC or possibly a hardwood. Um, but the problem is with that, I would have to either spend a lot of money on a wooden enclosure, which mm-hmm. I don't want to do and no. I can't afford it, right. or I have to build it, which I don't and have confidence have in. And then you have to sand the bejesus out of it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm saving up money. Because it's going to be a lot of money because I also want it to be a bioactive enclosure with live plants and stuff. Oh, that'd be fun. And um, have like isopods in it. So really all I would have to do is spot clean poop and don't have to do bedding changes and stuff. That'd be nice. Yeah. And there's places where you can get PVC, but everywhere I find PVC is white. I do not want white. Mm, Yeah, it's usually white. Yeah. I also do need a new, better thermostat to control the temperatures. Mm-hmm. Because the ones I have are just really old and janky. <laughs> um, how big is your python? She's around four feet. That's a little bit. full size, pretty much, right? Yeah. yeah. She's full grown. Okay. So it's not like she's outgrowing it. You just want a better situation. Yeah. Well, I'd, really, for an adult ball python, you sh- should be four foot by two foot by two foot. Okay. Gotcha. Fun times. Yes. And I <laughs> I did the math because, like, I have it all planned out yes. for the enclosure because I don't want to build anything because I'm lazy. Yeah. Even though I was proactive and joined a Facebook group about building your <laughs> for building your own enclosures. Yeah. Maybe someday. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, so I found a, webs- a few websites that where you can buy PVC enclosures, and I found a few that I liked. But then I did that along with the soil I want, plants, and other things. <laughs> Yeah. It comes out to be about a grand. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because the enclosure is going to be really expensive. Yeah. The plants aren't going to be super expensive, but they're going to add up. Yeah. And then, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, well. I also need to buy the isopods and the springtails. Isopods aren't that expensive. I Springtail cultures are more expensive. Oh, okay. And then I have to keep them alive. Then you, yeah, have to maintain all of that. Yeah. And the snake's just going to ignore the isopods? Yeah. I mean, they're tiny little bugs, so. Okay. Yeah. And they were going to be hidden most of the time. They just come out, eat the poop and all the other scraps. Okay. Well, um, good luck with that. When you get all settled in, I'm going to have to see your animals, man. Yeah. Have to trek out there and uh, see all your critters. That's the cool thing about, like, at-home things. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I just want to have, like, a lizard or something so I can, like, set up a whole nice, like, you know, mm-hmm. the tree branch up there and all that stuff. But I just don't want to do the maintenance, man. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do the maintenance. So... Mm-hmm. I also want to have, like, themed fish tanks. Did I ever tell you about my, like, apocalyptic apocalyptic one that I no. wanted to do? So I wanted to get, um, oh, gosh, what are they? The ghost catfish? And mm. the fish like that, they're, just, they're like, yeah. you know, translucent, so they look, like, creepy. I want to get creepy-looking fish. And then I want to have it be, like, like we one time we were selling, like, police cars and stuff. And I want to, like, turn them on their side. But hopefully get one that'll light. And, like, the lights are, like, going and stuff. So it just looks like chaos, like, zombie stuff. And then... 
like destroyed things and then there's just these like zombie looking fish yeah. or skeleton looking fish like swimming around. I'm like, oh, that'd just be fun. <laughs> but then I'd have to have like all these fish tanks and I've already told you I want the black and white fish tank except for I don't yeah. know if they see in color and that's a whole thing. But anyway, and then I just want a giant one with a bunch of like guppies and tetrays and fish room. Basically. And someone to take care I of I follow it. a few, couple YouTubers that are like fish people and they have their own fish room and stuff. It's like, I also really would like to breed guppies. I just like, where do you put all the guppies? <laughs> like, where can I can I supply them to a store or something? Because I'm like, I I don't want them to die, but like, I you they would just breed so fast. Yeah. How would you keep up with that? Because I want to like just play with like the colors and stuff, you know, and just see like you two get together and see what babies you make. Yeah. You know, it'd be so fun. But the anyway. funds of genetics. It's it's fun, but I'm like, but then there's no responsible way to take care of the babies. Yeah. So I remember I found um this one person who they made a TikTok. It's like I just bought this fish and now it's floating. I bought one fish. It has babies now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that'll happen. You're like no. It's like it's like oh she just pops another one out. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> Uh, that's why you gotta make sure they're separated when you get them from a mm -hmm. store, otherwise. But uh, they can hold that stuff, so it's a problem. Mm -hmm. Anyway, okay, well that's exciting though. An yes. upgrade. I think upgrades are always exciting for that yeah. kind of thing. So, anyway, well that's cool. Um, so I went to the animal park very briefly because I have like no time. Um, and I what was I gonna tell you that was new? Oh, so I did the tram. And it is worth it with the preferred parking right now because it is more crowded. And I went in the morning, which I usually don't. So, although it definitely got way more crowded as time went on. Um, the preferred parking was worth it. The tram wasn't that bad today. Mm -hmm. But the cutest thing on the tram was they have baby sable antelope right now. Oh. Which is really funny because I realized today I'm like, adolescent sable antelope look like roan antelope. <laughs> Because they're lighter in color. Yeah. So I was just like, why is there? I'm like, oh, that's not. They're not even in this enclosure. I'm like, oh, there's a babies. And it's just like the way the horns are at that point and their color. Anyway, so the guy was saying that there's four you know, newborns, babies out there. So there were two of them that are a little older that were together that are still really light. But they're not tiny. And then I was looking, of course, for the other ones. It's like The other one's like brand new. So they're tiny. But, of course, they're tucked. Mm -hmm. So good luck finding them. Mm -hmm. Anyway, <laughs> um, I never get luck with the black rhinos on that tram anymore. I today we I didn't see or not today, but when I went, um, I didn't see them. That's mm -hmm. the first I usually do see them and the bongo weren't out. So I think it's an afternoon thing. Uh, do you usually take the tram in the afternoon? I think because I've seen every other time there's only like a couple that will come up, but I see them. But that when I went in the morning, it um they weren't there. So I mm. think maybe they come out more in the afternoon. Oh, that's what I was <laughs> going to tell you. Oh, I meant to look it up, dude. Um, Picture of an animal? No, the animal that like usually isn't out. Oh, yeah. They were in a different place. I think it's these. I wrote it down like on the trail. Mm. I think it's Nyala. Nyala, Nyala, something like that. I need to look at a picture of it to see if that's actually what they are. Nyala? Um, I think so. It's a brown, like, antelope looking thing, but, it's like, they're dark Ni brown. Just right. Nyala? Yeah. That's that's what he said on the thing. And I was like, I think those are them. But they were in the shade, so it's kind of hard to tell. But usually they're up by the top, and this time they were down by, like, where the rhino hmm. little, um, what do they call I don't think we're seeing these guys. They kind of resemble kudu. Yeah, it's those. Yeah, they're, like, never out. And then I went that one day, and they're like, oh, these guys are almost never out. Mm -hmm. And then I saw them, and I'm like, you're not kidding. I'd never see these ever. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's them. Maybe like once. Yeah. Sexually dimorphic too. Yeah, those are them. Those are 100. Yeah, that's okay. definitely them. So anyway, yeah, because usually they're up by like when you come around the corner after you've done stopped at the top. They're usually like over here by the corner. Every time I've seen them all like two or three times in my life, um, they've been there. But then today as we were going up. Is that he, the top? Yeah, at no. the top like by the watering hole up there. Mm. But then like as you start to turn again to go back. They're in that little corner. Wow. Um, usually there's like, you know, well, I feel like the Ronan antelope are always up there, but the, um, you've gone to comp a lot of them up there. But anyway, so that's what they usually are. But then today, um, they were down in the shades. You couldn't see them that well, but I'm like, that body looks like them. And he was like, oh, those are Nyala. And I'm like, I bet those are them because they don't usually say that name. So now I know. <laughs> those are in there, Casey. They're in there. <laughs> you just like never see them. And they're cool. Anyway, so yeah. So, and then the road antelope, of course, we know the adolescent males are on the one side. But the sables were so cute, and I just made that connection today. I'm like, adolescent sable antelope look like road antelope. <laughs> um, 
But anyway, so they were they were really cool. Let's see what else. There wasn't a whole lot going on. Most people, like half the people were actually wearing masks like, oh, yeah? the whole time. I was shocked because I had mine on because like if I'm far away from people, I take it down. But most of the time I was not. And I was afraid on the tram because I was just me that they would let like two people in with me. But they didn't. They closed yeah. it off. I was like, sweet. Mm-hmm. And when we were on the tram, the cheetah was actually active. And the person did not mention them at all. He was focused <laughs> on the, well, he says the fringeared orcs, but the hemsbuck um, that are over there. Mm-hmm. And the giraffe and stuff. He was talking about them. I'm like, the cheetah is actually moving. <laughs> It never moves. Talk about the cheetah. And then the lions were like up and moving a bit too later. So anyway. It was the male and female. Yeah. It was, is no, Izu. Izu and. And I forgot her name. I almost said Izuki. No, no. No, that's not it. Etosha. Yes, that's right. That's right. Oh, wait, I do know another line. (laughs) Yeah. So they were, but he was standing. They must have like put fresh food out or something. Because I feel like they were, well, we were on the tram. So you know, they were down below. So like. They were looking at the ground for something. But anyway. I never see the lone female anymore. Mm-mm. Neither do I. Mm-hmm. It's always those two. Yeah. Um, My mom would complain because most of the times um, it was the two females out when we went and she was always upset. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. But yeah, so it was a really short trip. I only did like that little bit of Africa, not even the entire thing. And then the tram because I didn't have a lot of time. But, um, but it was so cool. And seeing the little baby sables was so <laughs> cute. And then I just wanted to see the tuckers because usually I'm good at spotting them. I'm like, I'm going to find them. I did not find them. <laughs> at one point, I kind of did what I do with Wild Watch Kenya. <laughs> and I saw like a really tan rock and I'm like staring at it. And I'm like, <laughs> is that actually a rock or is it? It's definitely a rock. Okay, that's not a baby. <laughs> but anyway, so it was cute. But yeah, so it was nice to at least go. I feel like I'm going to try to do that even if I can only go for like less than two hours. Even if I can just hit a section just because, you know, mm-hmm. it's fun. I'm waiting. I'm just waiting for the still waiting for the new children's zoo to open at oh, the sa- same. I need to be able to eat normally before I go to the zoo, though. Mm-hmm. I'm so frustrated. <laughs> well, it's frustrating. It's like a lot of times I go with like my little sister, but she has braces right now, and normally she would eat kettle corn with me. She cannot have popcorn oh, no, with those braces. braces. <laughs> so you just have to eat it yourself. No, I can't. I have no control. Oh, okay. I'll eat the whole bag. <laughs> oh, no. That's not good. Nope. Oh, my god. It's gosh. just delicious, though. I know. It is. Now I'm thinking of cotton candy, because the only places I ever get cotton candy are Disney and the zoo. Oh, really? Yeah. I, like, never get cotton candy. Oh, I, lo- I get it, like, twice a year, because I'll get it one time at Disney and one time at the zoo. <laughs> but, um, oh, God, but I just, I miss, I, I think it's just because I miss everything. Mm-hmm. So, like, everything sounds good. Yeah. Like the other day when my parents were telling me they were having grapes, I was like, I'm so jealous. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but recently we went to the street market in Oceanside, and we literally got went there to just buy snacks and desserts. Wow. I got a cannoli. I, there's a stand called, like, Bavarian Pine Nuts, something like that, and you get, like, these cinnamon um, roasted, like, pecans, cashews, and stuff like that. I love them so much. And I will probably end up making them at home because I have a problem. <laughs> I've never been there. Oh, really? No. It's, it's fun. I like it. Huh. Too many people, though. <laughs> As everything is. There are, I, you see dogs all the time. And last time was awesome because this lady had a pig. And it was, had a little, little, like, baby pocket thing. That, oh, know. like in a baby v yes. type situation? Yes, it was, like, on her chest. It's, like, sitting Piggies are cute. I love them. Mm -hmm. And all the dogs were pretty well behaved, minus one. Okay, well, that happens. It was a husky. Of course it was. (laughs) Everyone just really loves them, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. you can have them. I like them, but I (laughs) don't want to have to live with one totally all the Mm -hmm. time. We also got these little, I think they're called bumbellini with something. It's a kind of donut, and it's filled with stuff. It's very yummy. I don't feel like I'd like that. Really? I'm not big into, like, filled donuts. Something wrong with you. You mean just, like, the donut hole is filled or, like, inside it's the donut? It's like a round, big old round donut, and there's a hole in it. It's filled up, and then there's a little dollop on top. I don't think I'd like that. I like it. I don't know. Anywho. All right. Well, that's um, exciting stuff for both of us. Mm-hmm. Thinking about things and going to the animal park for less than two hours. Look at our exciting lives. <laughs> Anyway, um, but we should probably get into the things we want to talk about. And I should say, huh, 
super delayed, but we have a website. <laughs> so go to animaladdictspodcast.com. And there's all kinds of cool stuff there. Um, we're going to have, you can find all of our podcasts, of course. They're all connected, so you can go and listen to all the episodes. So if you ever missed an episode, you can just go back and, you know, find whoever you missed and catch up. And then we're also going to have episode guides, which will give, so if you're thinking like, oh, what was the episode they were talking about that chocolate frog or whatever random thing, then you can go and see and we'll say like what articles we talked about and what animals we talked about and all that good stuff. Um, so you can kind of see a breakdown of the episodes. And most of those, half of those, <laughs> will have pictures because um, there just aren't enough uh, royalty-free pictures that I can post of all these animals. And, of course, some of the things we choose, usually things Casey chooses, that mm. you good luck finding pictures. Even when I was looking for pictures for Twitter... And for Instagram, there are some that are drawings because there are no pictures. Mm. They don't exist. So um, hopefully at some point we'll be able to get more pictures. But, of course, Google is your friend and just go look it up yourself. <laughs> um, but for the ones that we can, we'll have pictures next to them so you can easily see what those animals are so that you can actually visualize what a giant eland looks like or what an aardwolf looks like. Um, so that. And then we also have a shop with super basic merchandise right now. But hopefully we'll have cooler stuff coming and then we also have, if you are willing to support the podcast, you can support us either by joining our Patreon or by just making like a one-time donation and every dollar counts. So yay, do that if you can. I'm trying to think what else is on there that's um, important. We also have like, um, I'll have a, a little thing you can click on for my guides to all the um, nature documentaries. So if you're at home and you're like, oh, I'm going to watch a nature documentary, but I don't want to be sad, let's go check that real fast and see what's safe, what, what rating is safe, and then you are safe to go and watch that without crying. And I'll also have a, a thing that's a shortcut to all the breeds that we've discussed too. So anyway, that's most of it. There's other stuff, but you can go explore it all at um, animaladdictspodcast.com. And the point of why I was saying that right now is because we'll also, in each of those episode guides, be linking all the articles that we talk about and most of our sources for um, whatever we talked about in the episode. So, for example, here you would go for episode guides for season two, and then you'd click on Asia, and then you would click on episode 65, and ta-da! All of the links will be there. And we'll be here. Yes. <laughs> Not here exactly, because time will be different, but yes. I don't think that's true. Oh, we're just going to be here permanently the yeah. rest of our lives. Okay, great. We're in a time warp. Great, great. Anyway, so continuing on, this article will be posted. Casey, what are you talking about today? I have good news for once. Yay! Oh my gosh, you're switching up. Is yes. mine bad? Mine's, eh, mine's indifferent. <laughs> Continue on. It's about rhinos. Yay! Good news yes. about rhinos is always good. Yes. So back in August of this year, the Indonesia Indonesia's Ministry of Environment and Forestry made the announcement that two Jav Javan rhino caps have been spotted in the Ujang Kulan National Park, which is the only place left where this species exists. Oh, okay. And this brings the species total population up to 75. Jeez. Oh, yep. These calves were spotted back in April and June by using camera traps placed in the park. This is really good news as this is the world's most endangered species of rhino. This is on top of the fact that there were two calves that were spotted back in March as well. And this sighting indicates that there is an increase in population that is offsetting the decrease that is coming from natural deaths. And these calves were give an indication that at least one new calf is born each year since 2012. Okay. Yeah. Even though this is good news, I must reiterate that the population is just 75. 75. <laughs> it's pretty bad. And they are all found in just one national park. Yeah, that's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah. A lot of credit must be given to the rhino protection units that protect the park from poaching. And due to their efforts, there has been no poaching recorded in the park for more than 20 years. That's good. Yep. Also keep in mind, the location of this park is not ideal. Because it is located on the edge of a peninsula on Java. Mm. It means a single natural disaster like a tsunami may wipe out the whole population. Wow, that would be disastrous. Yeah. And that is why finding new suitable habitat to establish a new population is a key goal of conservationists. And just to sh reiterate how threatened this species is, um, 
This species was officially declared extinct in Vietnam back in 2010, and it was also declared extinct in Malaysia back in 2017. Wow. Yep. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Poor babies. But at yes. least we have more, but it's... Yep. So yours is also indifferent. Because <laughs> it's good news. It's so good. It's good news, like, there's an improvement, but, like, yeah. not a... You know, anyway. Mm-hmm. It's, it's better than bad news, I guess. And before I get into what I was going to talk about, Casey... Okay. What do you get when you mix an elephant with a rhino? A relephant? Close. Really? Elephino. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yay. Oh. Love it. Anyway. All right. So back on track here. So I have a story that's um, spooky and also not bad, I guess. It's, it's kind of indifferent. So this is the article. This is from Live Science, which, of course, will be posted to our Twitter and then also to um, the website. And it is giant invasive spiders have taken over Georgia. Will they spread across the U.S.? There we go. We're going to move. So the spiders first arrived in 2014, and now there are millions of them. All right, here we go. Here's the gist of it. Millions of giant spiders have invaded North Georgia, terrifying residents and spinning webs as thick as 10 feet or 3 meters deep. Obviously, that must mean that, like the longest side of them because they can't be that thick. That's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, um, porches, power lines, mailboxes, and vegetable patches across more than 25 counties in the state have been draped with the dense wheel-shaped webs of the bright yellow Joro spider. Not saying that scientific name. An invasive species originating in East Asia. Great. Say it. Why are you looking at my article right now? Yes, and then I Googled it. Oh, okay. It's Trichonophila calvata. Great. Perfect. So the first of the three inch, um, 7.6 centimeter spiders were spotted 80 miles northeast of Atlanta in 2014. It likely hitchhiked there inside a shipping container. Its discoverer, Rick Haboki, I'm assuming is how you say his name. Hebeki? Hebeki. Hobiki. Uh huh. It's going to be linked. You can read it for yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> the collections manager at the Georgia Museum of Natural History said in a statement Since then, the spider's population and range have expanded steadily across the state, but nothing prepared residents or researchers for the number of spiders they would face this year. Will Hudson, an entomologist at the University of Georgia, said his porch became unusable after being covered by a blanket of webs 10 feet um, deep, and he claims to have killed more than 300 spiders. So last year there were dozens of spiders, and they began to be something of a nuisance when I was doing yard work. But this year, this is Hudson again, this year I have several hundred and they actually make the place look spooky with all the messy webs Mm -hmm. like a scene out of arachnophobia which i've not seen but i'm assuming it's one of those bee monster Mm -hmm. movies so anyway these spiders are common to china taiwan and japan korea um joro spiders are part of a group of spiders known as the orb weavers so like charlotte's web um and the babies so basically that's that's the issue they're having so then they have the babies and then the babies get carried on the wind <laughs> and then they spread everywhere and then um the problem is there are no um they're also saying that they're venomous but they can't really hurt people unless you're allergic to it same with dogs and cats um but the problem is i'm not obviously going to read too much more than that but the biggest problem they're having is that there aren't really um natural predators for them but they are saying that most of Georgia's Georgia spiders will probably die off by late November. But this is the far from the last that we will see of them because um, they have gained a foothold. And they believe they could spread even further into other states with similar climates. Uh, da, 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 da. I just want to see where it stands. Um, anyway, so then it goes on to say, like, a lot of invasive species tend to destabilize ecosystems they enter. But sometimes scientists are optimistic that the spiders could actually bring unexpected benefits. Nancy Hinkle, an entomologist at the University of Georgia, said Joro spiders kill off mosquitoes, biting flies, and invasive brown marmorated stink bugs, whatever that is, which have no natural predators and are known for damaging crops. So technically the spiders could help out by taking care of those species, but um, but they're spreading everywhere and making everything look spooky. So anyway, you can read the rest of the article. You're, oh, God, I don't know what picture I just saw, but that was awful. What? Sorry. It's photos of spider feasting on dead snakes. Nope. 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 
Nope, moving on. That was disgusting. I'm very sad I saw that. Anyway, so yeah, so these uh, spiders have taken over, not Florida, <laughs> Georgia. It's where it, and it one of those seems places, like they should be. Right? And then, um, <laughs> but the good news is they're not destroying, like, the ecosystem, but they're making people's, like, areas kind of impossible. So that's kind of a bummer. Anywho, so that's that's my story today, Creepy Spiders. Um, but that gets us into our picks. And it was Casey's turn again. Yes. And uh, not too much to say to set this one up. What was the category and what was your choice, Casey? The category was a national animal of an Asian country. Okay, great. I changed mine because <laughs> I had one. Since, of... oh, from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was like, what? I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember that being there originally. Anyway, continue though. <laughs> yes. So I chose the Markor. Question, what was your first one then? The Himalayan Monal. Monal. Oh, yeah, I think it was. It's a that. very pretty bird, but I could not find anything on it. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so here we go. So, <laughs> yes. is that why you didn't say your favorite national animal of Asia? I do that for everything. It's like, is it really my favorite? I, that's When it's not something we've looked at for forever, it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah. well, it's, it's, I like it. Yeah. All right, so, um, all right, sorry. So, talk about the, how do you say them again? Markor. Markor from Pakistan. Yes. So, the scientific name for this species is Capra falconeri. It is native to Western Himalayas, and their populations are scattered throughout Afghanistan, India, Pakistan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, and Uzbekistan. Mm-hmm. It lives in mountainous habitat, usually in open woodlands, ranging from 600 to 3,600 meters above sea level. And as Ali mentioned, it is the national animal of Pakistan. It is the largest species of wild goat. They are about 1.4 to 1.8 meters long and display high degrees of sexual dimorphism. Females are only about 32 to 50 kilograms, whereas the males weigh from 80 to 110 kilograms. And both sexes have horns, but they are much, much larger on the males. Dude, the males are crazy. <laughs> They're cool. I just looked them up. Oh my God, that baby's so cute. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Yes. So the female's horns are only about 24 centimeters. The males are about 160 centimeters. They're also just like shaped crazily. Yes. The horns have a very distinctive um, among species of goats it, due to the fact that they grow in a corkscrew shape. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool looking, man. Mm-hmm. They can live up to 13 years. And due to it, the environment it lives in, the markhor is primarily restricted to feeding on various grass species. However, during certain times of the year, they will include more browse into their diet. They also have very good climbing abilities and have even been observed uh, six meters up oak trees in order to get the leaves in the tree. <laughs> They're like, I want this leaf. Yes. Specifically. <laughs> Females are social and live in herds throughout the year, while males only join herds during the breeding season. And they form much smaller herds than some of their ibex cousin. And herds only compose about nine individuals. The markhor is currently listed as near threatened by the IUCN red list. It's estimated that there are a little under 10,000 individuals left in the global population, but the population does seem to be increasing. One of the biggest threats to the species is people hunting them due to their prized horns, either as trophies or for use in Asian medicine. When I was just looking at pictures, that's literally what I found, was a guy sitting next, I closed it now, but there's yeah. a guy sitting next to it like they always do. Fuck those people. Mm-hmm. But there are ones then like on their own too. Their horns are cool. Anyway, continue. Yes, they're very awesome horns. I have a little story to tell uh, because one of my professors... They actually had these. I don't know if they still do at the safari park up in that big mountainous habitat. The one where the zebra are or... Oh, the one where you used to go on the monorail? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. way up top in the rocks. Um, and he was del- my professor was telling me about one time how they had a male. He jumped out of the enclosure. Whoops. Was like just scurrying around through... <laughs> Through the coastal sage Yes, <laughs> and they could not catch him. And they were <laughs> making plans out, setting barriers and stuff. <laughs> could not catch him. He's like, no. And then eventually the females came into heat and, and he, he decided to jump back in. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. And it's just really crazy watching them. Uh, if you can find videos of them running, it's really cool. Like Especially with the males, them being so quick and agile, with them also being huge with those giant yeah, horns. Yeah, that's amazing they can do that when they yeah. got that on their head. Oh, yeah. It, very cool. Probably my favorite goats. I thought you really liked the ones that are down. What are those? I forget their name. 
Or are they just related to goats? The really big ones down by the snow leopards. Oh, yeah. So it gets complicated with... Okay. So they're in the Bovidae family, but they're in a subclose subgroup called the goat antelopes. Uh, okay. Whereas these are like true wild goats. And what are those ones called again? Uh, the ones um, over... You're talking about the ones near the cats. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, those are um, talkins. That's right. Okay. I was like, I remember again with the T. But anyway, mm-hmm. so this, this goat's cooler. Also, mm-hmm. a bit of a spoiler alert. Um... I went basic, and I chose the snow leopard from Afghanistan. Mostly, I'm not going to lie, because we're not going to talk about a snow leopard as an animal of the week, because they're too basic. And I'm like, I like them. So, there you go. We're going to talk about them. So, a snow leopard's uh, scientific name is Panthera uncia. Uncia? Uncia. Uncia. Panthera uncia. That's so, like, regal. I love it. It once was uncia uncia. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> that would be my, my habit of getting the animals at the same. I love it. Anyway, um, this species has a very large range spanning the entire Himalayas. It is the national animal of Afghanistan, as I said. On average, they are 1 to 1.3 meters long with an 80 to 100 centimeter long tail. Super long and adorable. Love it. They usually weigh about 35 to 45 kilograms. The tail equals to about 75 to 90 percent of its body length and it uses this incredibly long tail to help it keep balance as it navigates the rocky mountains of the himalayas theoretically they could be hunting i'm not looking at that word mark markor yes yeah and they do on occasion yeah so there i go um the lifespan of the species is unknown in the wild but those in captivity have been known to live into their 20s as with all the big kitties the snow leopard is an obligate carnivore they primarily prey on ungulates, mainly on blue sheep and ibex, but will also feed off smaller mammals. They also have a very wide they have very wide feet for a cat species, which allows them to move through the snow more efficiently. I feel like all the ones who are in the snow areas have those giant yeah. feet because they need those, you know, snowshoes basically. Mm-hmm. It distributes their weight over a larger surface area and prevents them from breaking through the snow. That's how snowshoes work. Yep. <laughs> However, it spends much of its time below the permanent snow line in the mountains, so these feet function to provide cushioning while moving through its environment. It also has fur under its paws that give it added traction while moving around. The name snow leopard is a bit of a misnomer, as they are not true leopards, and the snow leopard is actually more closely related to tigers. You could see that by looking at them. They look closer to tigers. The leopard part of its name is just reference to its coat pattern, <laughs> which isn't even exactly the same as a leopard. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the things that it has do. spots. It's we'll call it leopard. I mean, yeah. It's <laughs> do we really call those spots though? Because a cheetah is yeah. spotted. These aren't exactly spots. Well, yeah. But they're not quite rosettes. But That's why like, we put air quotes around. Yeah. <laughs> they're like it's closer to a leopard than a tiger, so mm-hmm. we're going with leopard. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> um, I lost where I was. I'm so sorry. Okay, there we go. The leopard part. Oh, I said that part. Okay, so the snow leopard is the only one of the big cats that does not have the ability to roar, but rather makes a high-pitched yowl. So then why is it even a big cat? Isn't that their whole stupid reason for classifying big cats and nothing to do with size is that they can roar, but this my, one can't? My designation for a big cat would be either in, would be a sense of, a biologically makes sense would be either those in Panthera which I hear a lot of people use that that way, or those in the subfamily Pantherony. Mm, okay. Which would also include clouded leopards. Are cheetahs in Panthera? I don't remember. No. We haven't talked They're about cheetahs. They're in Anyway, I think they should be included, but whatever. They're I go off of size. not related at all. I go off of size. That should be a big cat. Because <laughs> no! it is a cat, and it's big. <laughs> anyway, um, we will disagree on these things. But like their tiger cousins, they do emit a sound called a chuff, which they use um, somewhat like a friendly greeting. I love chuffing at tigers. Yep. And sometimes they'll chuff back, and it's so cute. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually know that snow leopards chuffed. I learned yep. something today. Based on what I could find... Uh, Basically, all the big cats do, except lions. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. All right. Um, let's see. There we are. So the snow leopard is currently listed as vulnerable by the IUCN Red List. The global population is currently in decline. 
It is estimated that there is somewhere between 4,000 and 6,500 snow leopards left in the wild. One of the threats facing this species is human encroachment. It's putting them in competition with humans for living space and food resources, which is fine to think if you're in the Himalayas. <laughs> I'm like, who wants to be all the way up there? Um, but obviously I'm sure on the lower parts there. Mm-hmm. Chillin'. This often leads to them this often leads them, excuse me, to resort to hunting farmers' livestock. Then as a um, result of that, the farmers go out and hunt the snow leopards. Saw a bit of that in um, Born in China. Again, not safe. Anyway, um, and then to try to combat this, some conservationists have set up a, and essentially set up, excuse me, try that again, (laughs) have set up essentially big cat insurance programs in which when a farmer has livestock killed, they will get a pay out of it to replace it. So basically they'll pay for the livestock that was lost so that they don't go kill a cat. Another threat facing this species is being hunted for their fur coat as well as their bones and organs, eh, well, it's in Asia, to be used in traditional medicine. Don't do that. It doesn't do anything. It's like rhino horn. Stop doing that. And I know their coats are pretty, but let them yeah. be on them. I will also say one some of my favorite videos I've seen of like animals hunting is snow leopards going after ibex. Yeah, I... They show it's crazy. I forget what they were. I don't know if that was an ibex. I thought mm-hmm. it was like a wild goat they were going after, mm-hmm. but it was crazy. Because the goats, of course, are like yeah. ridiculous with their skills. And then the snow leopard's crazy. I'm like, it's nuts. Anyway, they're super beautiful. Um, we love them. And that is the snow leopard. And that brings us, Casey, to our animal of the week. I'm so excited for this one. Our animal of the week is the binturong. The binturong. And you're probably like, what the hell is that? I don't even think I've even seen these in a zoo. I think I've only known. You haven't these... seen them at the San Diego Zoo. Where is it at the zoo? You know the city kind of zoo area by the giraffes. It's right next to the cheetahs. For oh, I'm like, where are the cheetahs at the zoo? <laughs> no, I've literally never seen it there. Oh really? I think I only know this exists because back in the day, I had a friend whose dad ran the Rare and Wild show at the Wild Animal Park, mm-hmm. which hasn't existed for forever. But he obviously has all the permits and stuff. That. Yeah, I love that I was show. A wee- yeah it was a great show um but he had the permits and stuff so they had the literal wild animals at their house like Mm -hmm. i pet a wolf um and they had like a bison anyway one of the animals they had because a lot of times they'd use them as ambassadors too was a binturong yeah that's why i'm like they're so cool looking they're so like it feels like it should be in australia because it looks like it's a mix (laughs) of so many different things you know anyway one of my best friends from college her favorite animal is a binturong that's cool and she would love to work with them but the biggest program for them is in San Diego. She hates San Diego. <laughs> Why does she hate San Diego? Where is she from? She's from San Diego. No, okay. Uh, basically, uh, she, I, what, the whole time I knew her, she's been in Riverside basically the whole time. So she prefers Riverside over San Diego. I don't Diego. think she does. Okay, I was like, uh, like, I mean, get like, I mean, San Diego's pretty great, yeah. but like well, some she, people prefer places. No, wait, with she is seasons. from, um, yeah, she's originally from Valley Center actually. Samesies. Yeah. Weird. Okay. I, I mean, like San Diego. <laughs> I so. love San Diego. That's where I want to be, man. Yeah. Anyway, okay, that seems strange, but continue. <laughs> yes. All right. So these guys come from the order Carnivora, and the, they belong to the family Viviridae. And the scientific name for this species is Arctitis binturong. Cool. They are found throughout many countries in Southeast Asia and primarily is found in tropical rainforests. They have been known to live up to 18 years in the wild and can live into their mid-20s in captivity. And it is the largest species in the Viveridae family. They, their body is about 60 to 90 centimeters long, and they have a tail out 50 to 84 centimeters long. And they can weigh from 13 to 22 kilograms. And it is among the few mammals that display sexual dimorphism in which females are larger than the males. They tend to be about 20% larger than males and are the dominant sex. Get it. <laughs> they are omnivorous and will feed on small prey items like insects, rodents, and eggs. However, the bulk of their diet consists of a variety of fruit. And some call the bintrong a bear cat due to having a cat-like face and a bear-like body. This name, though, is a misnomer since it isn't closely related to either cats or bears. Nope. It is an 
arboreal species and has several adaptations that aid it in moving efficiently through the trees. They have padded feet and long claws that allow them to grip onto trees as they climb up the trunk and through the branches. They also have a unique ability to turn the ankle 180 degrees, which allows them to grip onto the tree while moving down headfirst. Which is like a Quatamundi and someone we talked about last episode. And who was that? It's not the gazelles. <laughs> <laughs> who was our animal? Two episodes ago. Oh, two episodes. I'm like, it's not the worm thing that I can't remember the name of either. Why do Fusa. Yes, it's okay. a Fusa. Okay, okay, that's who it is. There we go. Yep. What is that called when they can do that? I don't think it has a special name. Oh, okay. Not one that I could find. Okay. It also has a strong muscular tail that is prehensile that allows it to grip onto branches to act like a fifth appendage. This makes it unique among mammals in Africa, Asia, and Europe as it's the only mammal in this region to have a prehensile tail. And it is also one of only two carnivores in the world to have a prehensile tail. Ooh, who's the other one? The kinkajou. Oh, okay. It is primarily nocturnal and forages fruit or fruit at night. This combined with its large size are the reasons this species has nearly no natural predators. The only animals ever known to prey upon this species are the tiger and the dole, but this happens very rarely. And due to their frugivorous diet, the bintrong is also an ecosystem engineer because it helps to distribute the seeds of the fruits it eats. Aren't basically all frugivores going to be ecosystem engineers? Basically. Because they're pretty much all going to poop them out. Yes. And fertilize them. Yes. <laughs> if you're a frugivore, you're important. And probably diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> all right. It is also the only known species to disperse the seeds of the strangler fig, which composes a significant portion of the forest ecosystem. It has a special enzyme in its guts that softens the seed coat of the fig, which allows it to germinate and then grow into an adult tree when it finally finds its way to the ground. Uh, the bintrong is also among the few mammals that has delayed implantation, which is when after mating, the embryo will develop to a certain stage and then stops and delays implanting into the uterine wall for further development. This allows the female to control the timing of the birth of her offspring so she can breed any time of the year but give birth when conditions are best for raising young. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yes. Also, a little fun fact, baby bintrongs are sometimes known as binlets. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's the cutest. Yep. What are the odds I can find pictures of baby bintrongs? <laughs> Not good. Yep. And if you get close enough to a bintrong, you will find out that they smell like popcorn. I don't remember that. Yep. I was pretty close to it. I don't remember it smelling like popcorn, yep. but it was a while ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this scent is actually used for communication with other bintrongs to let them know that they are entering another individual's territory. And it is also suspected that it may help to deter potential predators. The bintrong is listed as vulnerable by the IUCN Red List. Their population is currently in decline as well. Uh, the species has dealt with a population decline of 30% within the last two decades. And the greatest threat facing this species are habitat destruction, as well as poaching for traditional medicine, their fur, and the illegal pet trade. Who wants a bintrong? Probably a lot of people, honestly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> They have also been used to make kopi luwak, which is also known as civet coffee. It is a very expensive coffee that is made by feeding bintrong's coffee beans. And then after they defecate the beans out, they use it to brew the coffee. No. Yeah. No to this in every way. <laughs> this is like stupid rich people stuff. Like, it's a delicacy wants over there and incredibly expensive. Just like caviar and all those other delicacies that are disgusting. Like you're just doing it because you want to have something expensive. It's not nice and it's gross. Stop. I gotta watch right. <laughs> no. We fermented fruit. So. Yeah, but still, I mean, I guess these don't have to die for that, but still, yeah. like, that's, I don't Yeah, like but it. they're often collected and then not released. And then, yeah, held in captivity for mm -hmm. that. There are several zoological facilities that partake in the species survival plan to breed this species. And it is vitally important to save the species because, as I mentioned before, it is an ecosystem engineer. And without it, there will be further losses in the rainforest habitat for several other species. 
And one of the reasons for deforestation um, of this species' habitat is for growing palm oil. And palm oil is basically in everything and hard to avoid, if impossible. So if you want to try to minimize your contribution to this, you can download the Sustainable Palm Oil Shopping Guide app. And when you go to the, order, have, go to the store and have this app, you can just scan the barcode and it'll tell you if it's orangutan approved and has uses oh. um, sustainable palm oil. Do you have the app linked so we can put it on the website and on our Twitter? I could probably do that. We'll get it yeah. and we'll mm-hmm. post it and share it so that you can do that because I need mm-hmm. to do that as well. Cool. There's the Bintrong. They're mm-hmm. super interesting. I'm just looking at our notes. And, I mean, I think this is one of our coolest weeks because yeah. the Mark Horror is super awesome looking. Mm-hmm. Snow leopards are obviously gorgeous. Yes. And Bintrongs are so cool, too. So I feel like mm-hmm. it's just a we have an interesting crew this time. They might all be mammals, but they look very different. <laughs> okay? Anyway. All right. Well, that brings us to the challenge. And it is my turn to choose this time. And I have a D6, <laughs> but a fancy pretty D&D one, so it's not just your basic little one. Because um, I changed it. I said earlier we were going to do letters, but I changed it because we did that like a month ago. We're going to do syllables. So I dropped it down to a D6 instead of a D8 because I don't want to do eight syllables. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we'll get eight, but I don't want to do eight <sighs> syllables. Also really hoping we don't get one because that's going to be a short list too. Oh, yeah. So let's see what we get. Four. Okay. Four syllables. That's, um, it's gonna be challenging. It's gonna be challenging. Okay. Um, all right, we're gonna get a timer going. I think we're just gonna do five minutes. Four syllables. Yep. Oh lordy. Um Okay. And our let me get my pencil. I'm gonna do this right this time. Right here we I'll go first. Ready? Bengal tiger tiger. Squirrel monkey. Good. Um Nope, that's five. <laughs> oh, God, no, a lot of them are too long. Oh, no. Um, Grevy Zebra. Howler Monkey. Okay, I'm going to test that. I don't know why. <laughs> um, uh, Red Rough Lemur. Nile Monitor. Nile, uh, okay. I feel like he's a Nile Eh, Nile, fine. Um, nope, that's too that's too many. Who was I just thinking of? Ringtail lemur. <laughs> Javan rhino. Um, Glowlight tetra. <laughs> yeah. Um. Ooh. A mer leopard. Okay. Neon tetra. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um. Orangutan. Okay. Um. Too many. Uh, too many. Uh. Is it Maasai Giraffe? Maasai. Maasai Giraffe. Mm. Grevy's Zebra. I said that already. Oh, you did? Damn. That was like my first one. <laughs> Mountain Zebra. Okay, sure. Um, I should go into dogs, man. <laughs> um... too many oh it's three <laughs> um oh there's so many five syllable dogs this is ridiculous <laughs> nope too many i'm out of dogs it's just not working <laughs> yeah so many five syllable things um black-footed cat greater kudu nice lesser kudu <laughs> damn it <laughs> That's our kudu, yes. Oh, come on. Ha, got one. (laughs) 
Oh my goodness, come on. I said no, nah, I'm on her already, right? Yeah, you did. <sighs> Leopard gecko. Okay. Oh no, I had mine, I just forgot it. Oh, Plocosimus. Pajama squid. What the hell is that? Oh, wait, no, that's not the name. It's oh. pajama stripe. Uh, giant cuttlefish. That's five. It is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn it! I was having that problem with a lot of things. <laughs> oh, my God. Why didn't I think of that one yet? <laughs> A mer tiger. You said that already. I did? Oh, you said leopard. Yeah. Okay, fine. We'll let it go. <laughs> Giant eland. Oh, good. <laughs> Brown hyena. Okay. Striped hyena. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm coming up with a lot of fives and a lot of threes. Ochre Sea Star. Oh, wait. Great. Ugandan Cobb. <laughs> And that's time. Ah. We didn't do terrible. It was 25. All right. 25 is not bad. I'm pretty I'm pretty proud mm -hmm. of us. Um, It was a four syllable, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that's not too bad. So let us know how you did. Again, I bet people were yelling things out, <laughs> Um, you know, saying, why can't you think of this one? I probably could have just gone down the line of fish, but <laughs> for like ever, like though, you know, I didn't even so. why didn't I even think of insects? Yeah. <laughs> what is the one box headed? Oh no, Bloodby. Um, anyway, there's a lot. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we got there. There's so many that were five yeah. though. Like all the dog breeds I was thinking of fast. I'm like, oh, it's five. It's mm -hmm. five. Everything's five or three. Anyway. But yeah, we didn't do terrible. So go team. It was it was pretty. It was decent. It wasn't yeah. our best, but it wasn't terrible. I'm pretty proud of us, based on how we usually do with these. Um, all right. Well, that brings us to the end of episode 65. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we're your hosts, Allie and Casey, and we will catch you on the next episode of the Animal Addicts Podcast.